bruce willis was dead the whole time there were two killers luke that's your daddy the robot did it snake was a good guy he really wasn't cheating they was in purgatory the whole time what everybody dies verbal kent is kaiser so say they killed old yellow oh my god everybody in this tyler perry movie got aids spoiled movie reviews hey welcome to another episode of spoiled movie reviews on the black Outers premium podcast network i'm your host rod joined as always by my co-host karen what's going on over there hey baby um ready to become the best of enemies yes i am that's the movie we're reviewing guys spoiled movie reviews are for people who either seen the movie don't ever plan on seeing the movie or just don't care about spoilers because we actually do spoil the movie mm-hmm. uh, we will talk a little bit about trailers we didn't get to see all the trailers we ran a little bit late this is kind of a last minute decision to see this movie um and we'll also talk about uh what we liked about this movie what we didn't like and we'll eventually wind up scoring it from zero to five and talking about your comments we got a couple since we did our review for shazam um and uh, i think sandler agony left a couple comments on us so without further delay let's get right on into it um the trailers that we saw um today um we've seen i think most of them before uh the intruder is the one uh, about that white man terrorizing the black couple michael ely is in it. yes and that trailer is hilarious because all you hear all you hear is not do 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 i was like what the hell is this right um he's coming that i always laugh at the part where she's taking a shower and they cut to his face and he's smiling like the joker right it gritted <laughs> like it just went from being like like it went from being like this really scary moment to being like what the fuck is this a comedy <laughs> Like, why, why would you play it that way um breakthrough is a new trailer we saw it stars my girl kate from this is us as the mother that's why i seen i was looking like i've seen that actress before yeah uh as the mother of a child that falls into through some ice on a lake and he's under there for 15 minutes and he has to be rescued by a fireman played by luke cage um yes and uh it's and it's basically it's like a, this is what i've been doing since my series has ended <laughs> saving white children playing on ice mike coulter uh it's basically just a thinly veiled i mean you can see in the trailer thinly veiled like christian propaganda yeah, movie yeah and and that and it's gonna be for the christian crowd uh, yeah and it's coming out right around easter time and right the thing is not trying funny i didn't want to feel racist when i seen i was like i think that's the same woman for this is us and i was like oh. i don't want to claim it's her it's not her but it really was her so I, I don't my eyes wasn't fooling me are you gonna see it no i'm not either it looks terrible mm-hmm. uh like there's i mean to the point where michael coulter is like i heard a voice tell me to go back and try to get him one more time and i don't even believe in god <laughs> so what does that mean like, yes it's like okay y'all have literally given me the whole storyline plot in, mm-hmm. in like these few minutes we he, already know what's gonna happen he will shoot hoops again he will yes he will uh little uh we've seen that trailer many times yes marseille um the produced and Issa Rae starring type of vehicle i could 
i want to see that mm-hmm. shaft um i so they're doing a shaft that's basically like shaft generations it's is <laughs> samuel jackson richard roundtree and shaft then, remix right and then the dude that uh i can't remember the name of the of the show but it was on like showtime for a bit um the guy who was the basketball player lebron produced the name produced the show i forget the name oh um but it's all of them in the same movie together um and i like what they've done in the trailer because it seems like the movie went for comedy yeah they like oh if you think we're doing serious stuff we're yeah rather than to try to make it into you know like how do we go for yeah something serious they just went for straight comedy i like that samuel jackson is back and he's in it um so uh, i might see this on some like uh kind of like like the way i saw um superfly last year right well i'm not gonna like and i kind of like that they are going for the funny that superfly was funny for unintentionally so i believe right but this was gonna be funny like we're trying to make you laugh yeah they seem to know what they're doing (laughs) and be in their bag for correct this shit it's on your jackson file like hey y'all i'm doing the avengers i can't take this but so seriously yeah jesse t usher is the is john shaft jr um and who looked like he wasn't built for that life right and that but i like that they that that they played it that way right instead of him trying to be cool and be like i'm gonna be shaft for the 70s it's like nah this is comical this is funny survivor's remorse is the name of that comedy right anyway i think i'm gonna see that i don't know when it comes out but that i'm i'll probably check that one out yeah it's a high probability that i'll go see that too my spy we just talked about this trailer dave mm-hmm. batista plays a spy that a little girl discovers and makes him teach her how to be a fighter or whatever yes uh, i don't know if i'll see that or not not a netflix pick yeah and palms was the last one it's the first time we've seen this trailer it's some old ladies trying to be <laughs> they're in a retirement community but they want to be um cheerleaders right and live their dreams and of course it's it looks like it's gonna be a tearjerker that takes you through all the like struggles of a old age and death mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. near the end um but it also seems to be like a dark comedy kind of mm-hmm. and it's by the same people i think they did bad moms so it's kind of that same like let's take people that society typically see as more serious dramatic type of roles and stories and make dark humor and comedy out of it so um i probably won't see it to be Mm -mm. fair Mm -mm. but it does look good yeah and it's also one of those things where truth be told older women uh just in general have a tendency to just be like well you're supposed to be grandma and live old and die like mm-hmm. you know literally like they have no life no dreams no aspirations like you're not in you're not childbearing of childbearing age you've did it you know basically you live your life when they're like yeah but it don't mean that i don't want to do more in life other than just to be in this retirement home and die right um so let's get to best of enemies um the best of enemies um is a movie about civil rights activists and atwater facing off against clan leader the exalted cyclops of the ku klux klan the cyclops not the gene gray not the wolverine the cyclops cp ellis and in 1971 they have a uh fight over school integration in durham north carolina um taraji p henson plays and atwater sam rockwell plays a very charismatic cp ellis um and um yeah and then we go from there and hash and hash plays um the wife in this joint to cp ellis um babu cisse 
um plays um bill what was his last riddick. name bill riddick so they we get you know some pretty decent acting uh actors uh on the roster for a story of this type karen give me something good that you liked about it i actually like the just the storyline itself because this happened in north carolina and i literally before this didn't even have no idea this existed mm-hmm. like like this storyline this this whole thing existed so to me i was walking in like with almost like with a clean slate mm-hmm. um you know you kind of figured out what happened but you know just out of context of history but it's just one of those things where i just like the the storyline of showing how people from two extremes can actually get to a point of of seeing a humanity in one another yeah i thought uh educationally quote unquote this was uh this is a film that's timely and i hope people see it just because yeah a lot of people don't know about this story Mm-mm. um and same thing i did not know about this story that much detail i saw the trailer for the movie was like i hope this isn't some green book shit and they're gonna just embellish it and it's really gonna be about some bullshit um and i didn't feel that it was about that at all Mm-mm. it didn't feel green booky to me where they no. tried to like you know lighten up on some of the stuff um and it also didn't feel exploitative of let's show you how much pain black people are in right and let's consistently just show like all these black people being beaten harassed and threatened um you know to a certain extent it was mostly white people in this movie that received the like violence Mm -hmm. that they showed um which i actually you know appreciated not to say that there were no black people who probably were harassed obviously there were black people that were harassed by the clan but the this was a story about the encroaching um progressiveness of the world coming in on whiteness and white power um a thing that i like man um i really have to give credit sam rockwell played the fuck out of that cp ellis didn't he though he was real good right because the thing is he was very charismatic and you could see and understand how the clan could be um um i guess intoxicating to him and Mm -hmm. why he would feel the way he felt you know and why it was it meant so much to him and why he was the leader right because he because he was he was that person that gave the clan a good face in the movie like he like he's what the other guys wanted to present themselves as a family man who had a heart and it was more about the positives of brotherhood and togetherness and taking care of each other and yeah we're poor but you know we're still white men and and you're not alone and i know you feel like an endangered species with all these changes going around but this is an organization where you don't have to worry about that and they i think not and that doesn't mean he was not just as fucking horrible as a clansman come on but but just the point being like that's what those other more shadier more like militant clans people really wanted to to see themselves as in the movie like the ones that were like threatening and harassing they wanted to look like him so it made sense that they would elect someone like him even as they were like much more um not much more but they were more um dedicated to the intimidation and racial racist tactics of the clan right they were more hardcore but it's like yeah i understand with me and my shady ass and my tactics we couldn't get shit done and it's not like he played it completely like a cuck like Mm -mm. he wasn't the clansman with a heart of gold that i think people 
people are going to try to paint this movie as like turning like making him a sympathetic figure the whole time and i don't think he was saying i think it wasn't until he basically betrayed them um the clan that 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 uh oh yeah spoiler he of course betrays the clan and you know they get integrated schools yes um but it wasn't until he betrayed the clan that you really had any consequences towards him mm-hmm. um matter of fact this is him earlier in the film when there's a compromise reach that at this meeting in 1971 this uh what was it called a charrette charrette yeah something i never heard of in my life and it's probably still a technique they use to the day but i never heard of it yeah this charrette they take um they have to compromise and one of the things is black people wanted to sing gospel music at the end of each night of the charrette for two weeks and he uh, uh cp uh fucking suggests well then i should be able to put a clan robe up on and i somehow remember billy on display so for so something for y'all something for us and they agree to that um and of course it pisses everybody off all the black people are mad the white people are probably don't care they're happy and so they go outside and uh bill um who is the mediator of bill riddick is the mediator of the um of the charrettes and of course and at at order go out and confront him and i actually have that scene so this i think it's important to show like he was not just some pushover like entire like i'm against racism i just happen to be in the clan no Mm -mm. cp cp this um display you want to bring we're willing to go along with it but there'll be folks not wild about the sight of it so uh you're gonna need to provide some security. Someone to watch over it. I'm not gonna be responsible for it. Pulls out a shotgun, man. This is my security. That gun don't belong here. I like to have it close in case I need to do my talking for me. This here does the talking for me. A Bible. I have a Bible. Oh, you do? Have you read it? Of course I read it. And we go to church on Sundays. Hmm. Well, then you ought to know, CP. No, what? Same God made you, made me. So, um, you know, he's basically threatening them with a shotgun mm-hmm. to their face. So, uh, definitely, um, a complicated role to play because it is a guy who, you know, at the end of this movie and he's dead now, but spends the rest of his life, you know, talking racial reconciliation um anti-racism and you know going around touring colleges and stuff with and at water so there was a legitimate change in this character but they it's it's alluring i think in the eyes of white hollywood to play this guy as just a good guy who um was always kind of not racist and then just kind of fell in with the clan and was a victim of it like i like that they were like no he was a leader of the clan he was fucking threatening black people he was calling people nigger uh boy all kinds of racist shit he just didn't seem to want to go as far as some of the other guys when it came to this shit all right that's it um karen what else did you like and i actually like taraji as Anne because they didn't quote unquote make her somebody that was just coming in with open arms they didn't make her as somebody that was like yes a massa 
she was like i'm a fucking activist this is the bullshit i do and no i will not back down and no you will not make me shut up and yes i will show my black ass up here like it was hilarious but they was like recruiting people to call people to come to a um a meeting that they was having and uh the the clan had called cp and basically told him hey come and fill, fill this up so they basically won't have nowhere to sit and he was like cool i got you so when they came in there it was basically a bunch of white people just staring back at them but while they was doing a recruitment call somebody was like well i'm i'm not gonna be able to make it uh, you know my baby she was like look i want your black ass there mad and black and angry like no i will not take no for answer you ain't the only one that's had hard times get your ass out there because this shit is motherfucking important right um yeah and 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 i like that um they play and so um like well she's so straight and she is so like you know militant and whatnot but she also has a kind heart and it's about seeing people that need things and helping them it wasn't necessarily about just black versus white but obviously black people are in need i think a lot of the way that activism is branded now in a in in you know at least in the circles we're in it's just kind of like advocate 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 but it's not really about it's more about teams it's more about right. you know this this is my team so when when someone does something wrong i'm on their side if they're on my team when someone does something right even if they're on the other team i'm never going to acknowledge it right. and in this case in order for this for the charrettes to work you need some level of compromise and she started in an uncompromising position because she was like white people have been racist my entire fucking life i don't expect anything good to come of this and i expect to just continue to fight them um which is completely reasonable but i like that um you know like when she found out about cp's son in the hospital and she goes to get you know to get a call in a favor to get that guy removed from the room you know and he was so hurt by one his lack of ability to get something done on his own Mm -hmm. uh and then two this black woman coming in and uh helping when she really didn't have any reason to it shamed him yeah he walked in that room like i I didn't ask you what the fuck is i mean he was thankful but he was just like he wasn't really thankful though she was like this is my this is just what i do and he went well don't do it for me ah right okay right 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 right. and she was like i didn't do it for you actually i did it basically for the child and he was like basically i don't need your help regardless of my financial situation Mm -hmm. now i'll just say how dare nigga help me right like nothing worse than nigger help um and um and also it, i was in a position to be helped by this black person in a way i couldn't help myself therefore this inferiority thing that i believe in essentially becomes undone because i can't even fake it you know um so yeah i thought that was uh I, I thought taraji was really good in the role here's a scene of her slapping a nigga in the side the head with a phone uh this white man who wouldn't listen to them during the meeting <laughs> We done writing letters here. We want to be heard before tomorrow night's ruling. Ms. Atwater, you know our agenda is tight, and we simply cannot allot time to everybody that wants to speak. Now, thank you. Show yourselves out. Mr. Tucker, to what do I owe this pleasure? Sit down. <laughs> well, and a mighty fine afternoon to you. Now you listen to me, Councilman, and you too, Mr. Tucker. We ain't going nowhere until we get down to the brass tacks. You understand me? Everything all right here, Bill? 
Mr. Odom. Now, we have been sitting here for over half an hour, and the councilman here ain't done nothing Anne? but... Ann, we're going to give you your chance to speak tomorrow night. Are we good now? <laughs> Not yet. Um, a thing I liked as well was actually this character Bruce McGill played um uh Carvey Odom. Mm-hmm. Because that's the insidiousness and the two facedness of white supremacy that we just don't see that right. often in the movies. I mean, you had the people that were overtly racist. The yeah. head of the Klan, the white citizens council. Mm-hmm. But this guy is a politician who you know at who in the in your in the daytime smiles in your face and speaks of fairness and acts like they can be swayed but in the nighttime meets with the clan and says what are we going to do to get these niggers to shut the fuck up right and the thing is i don't think that yeah he wasn't he wasn't part of the clan but he understood like hey y'all are in the council and all this shit like hey if y'all want to keep these positions y'all gonna have to work with me mm-hmm. so that was like an interesting uh because they show the cowardice of white people is also why it can happen there was a judge who was supposed to rule on this it was obviously unconstitutional the naacp had submitted a lawsuit on behalf of uh the black people and the citizens of Mm -hmm. of durham and you end up with um with the judge who's supposed to rule on it basically putting it back down to the public and saying well why don't they have one of these uh charrettes uh from this guy we literally never heard of until just now uh this black guy shaw bill riddick we'll have him conduct a public meeting and then they'll have to come up with their own resolutions and then we'll just say they should enforce that but it was really just at the end at the end of the day a way for him to not have to vote on it not have to rule on it right and the thing is the letter was like look this is the law like mm-hmm. the law says this shit is unconstitutional you need to judge you and he just says abide he didn't rule he said you have to abide by the public and everybody's like what does that even mean how do you define abide right you know um what else did you like i like the dude that played howard clement i mm-hmm. think that's his name yeah howard clement uh a dude that uh oh clement clement okay. i'm yeah. sorry clement a dude that um highly educated knew his shit but the thing is with him that i liked was that he had a way with words that ann didn't have like ann had a way with words but with her being a, a activist she came over very harsh she she her and cp was almost like i'm gonna come with the harshness of the shit i've been through mm-hmm. he was like okay that's cool but guess what sometimes everything can't be hit with a hammer sometimes you have to kind of just slowly slice and him talking about humanity and him talking about hey i hear you because that's the thing he hurt them i hear you you care about your child you care about your daughter and like that's the part that ann was like i don't give a fuck about that you racist that's the end and right. you know and sometimes you can't look at everything it, you need those people but you also need the people that goes hey, hey i understand that but at the end of the day ain't we all trying to do right by our kids ain't right. we all trying to do what we see fit or what we see best and yes it's racist but at the same time you know for a lot of white people they don't think they don't look at the shit that they do as racist they look at the shit as i'm trying to protect my family and you have to look at it from that perspective to also see the humanity and that's very frustrating for black people because we go why is that shit is never fucking reciprocated so we just go fuck it i don't give a fuck about your humanity well also 
you need to know your enemy like i love mm-hmm. that that was a big part of this was you need to know your enemy even when they were like hating each other and was like don't tear those clan flies up read it they're giving you a window into how their brains work what you up against um and even when um cp didn't want to go to the meeting and the the one white dude that was super racist that always turned his chair whenever they tried to speak mm-hmm. he was like no you gotta go you need to know the enemy because everybody's like so interested because once you know what their motivations are you can actually manipulate and you can mm-hmm. actually fight it back with weapons that get through to them because at the end of the day you do have to coexist right and so how do we coexist if we don't even know each other and a big part of the to me the story was just the fact that a lot of times black and white people the in, in, in any any marginalized situation the people of privilege and the people uh, marginalized never know each other Mm-mm. and it's on and, and the marginalized people always know white people mm-hmm. or straight people or whatever more than they know themselves but they, they don't mingle and they don't want you together because then you might actually be able to not uh, ignore the humanity in each other come on and then once i'm in class with you and i'm seeing that you struggle with the same things i struggle with you succeed where i succeed you you know you have your own issues and your own problems now all of a sudden i'm in a situation where i can't avoid knowing that we are kind of the same and you know not that proximity always changes things it doesn't there's a violence you have to endure when you're a marginalized person Mm -hmm. in the proximity of privileged people but the point being like when we're talking about people waking up it is often those moments that people wake up from it's not a textbook it's not you know twitter to a certain extent has to come that for people because it gives proximity without actual proximity so you Mm -hmm. have people going this is what trans people go through okay i'm going to make sure i'm not a part of the problems to make their lives tougher so um i enjoy like that 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 dichotomy and yeah that scene where he called the clansman brother it just stops the room in at least the room we was in except for that black lady sitting next to us she was getting her life <laughs> when she out, she had a ball she walked out she said that was a good movie wasn't it <laughs> i was like yes ma'am she said but uh yeah well he said brother everybody stopped it's like you can feel see a pin drop because it was like this dude's a clansman clearly hates your people and here you are calling him a brother but his point was uh and at that point that was before he talked about the school thing and and kids going to school his point was just simply um i will sit on this committee and work with this dude because at least he's honest about his fucking hate and we can have a conversation because everybody else in here is fucking lying they're telling me one thing and then they're gonna go and go i don't want my kids in the same school as you right and and that that's part of the humanity because he was like out of everybody in this room he's actually speaking and he's pouring his heart out he's telling us about his kid he's telling us how he feels he's basically telling us why he makes his decisions mm-hmm. versus just giving us some bullshit and turning around and voting against it yeah i did also enjoy the plot um you know the idea that uh on a couple levels um you know the clans like brotherhood and the masculinity of white men being the reason for a lot of the racist shit existing um and i don't know how kind this documentary i mean this movie was to um you know the the wife because she basically seemed to be like his clan shit is some shit he need to do as a, his boys club bullshit but it's obviously a hateful organization and i don't really subscribe to it now maybe that's that way in real life maybe they made it up for the movie 
but it was very important like when she goes to visit and mm-hmm. and to say thank you for doing what you did for my son and he never has a conversation where he tries to put her in line to check her it just seems like she's always like yeah what you're doing is actually kind of fucked up and you say you need to do this thing but you know for me this is it's kind of stupid you're, you're not making as much money as you could selling gas to black people right you that- could be fucking rich if you wanted to be um you're not um what was the other thing she oh and then uh when he said you know that when he met ann's daughter she looked at him like he was a monster and she's like what do you think you are to the like to them you can't be out here promoting racism and be shocked that motherfuckers don't fuck with you when they black like you don't fuck with them and that's that bullshit that the clan and a lot of white supremacy teaches which is oh no i'm not actually denigrating black people by saying they're inferior to me what i'm really saying is y'all just stay separate and do your own thing and leave me alone it's like no you believe that should happen because you think they're inferior why the fuck would they think you're okay you're a monster you terrorize people like fuck you oh yeah because she did she was like she was like yeah this is a cp ellis and because at first her baby was like hey how you doing and she because that's the thing children actually are aware so her baby was a, probably aware of all the shit that was going on so she was like oh ah, let me get the fuck up out of here mm-hmm. what else do you like i was still gonna do the wife and uh, and and to kind of piggyback on the wife thing the thing that i like about it uh is that yes they're always white women are com- are complicit in uh racism Mm-hmm. but i do like the fact that they showed a white woman that i'm not gonna say she was neutral mm-hmm. she was like hey i don't hate them as much as you do and basically this bullshit you're doing is dumb like you affect it's almost like she going if you got to do that cool i mean which is still fucked up right. and her supporting supremacy yeah she wasn't that's the thing they didn't make her a hero right and like that was the things i kept liking about this movie for it's like unlike green book and stuff where there's moments where there's like white heroism where it's heroism where hey let him come sit at the table you're not gonna talk to him like that you want to leave you know they don't have any of those moments in this movie really like every moment is essentially somebody like either pulling teeth to do to barely do the right thing or somebody being like except for that one speech when he changes his vote somebody mostly being like man what you doing is kind of whack but whatever because that's true white people do not fucking make these grandstand moments most of the time they don't you know like she had a moment where she uh didn't sleep with him that night you know he tried to like cuddle or whatever and she was like man get off me and it wasn't like some big like and then he learned like nah he just laid in bed and was like them kids ain't coming to my school though like and it wasn't even a fight really it was just kind of like you know you tripping and that was the end of it like i like that um another thing for me uh, i thought the runtime uh was pretty good it was about two hours and maybe 10 minutes that was sufficient yeah um and and the after movie like credit things that show like the real people mm-hmm. and that they went around touring and talking uh and all that stuff was pretty cool um like uh and it kind of like i said maybe because they are both i think they're both past now but they are with yep. with green book um it was kind of a i don't know like it felt like a romanticized version of the truth and then this one when you see them 
as living older people 30 years later talking mm-hmm. about being friends talking about um working together um and the recognition of what it cost him to mm-hmm. basically betray his his white people and white supremacy uh i and coming from her i actually appreciate it coming from her in real life and i was like okay so this isn't a movie invention of you know of this thing and i actually appreciated that right and that's the part when it comes to whiteness that people don't talk about when you tell people to do that you're actually asking them to give up shit and the system is designed to be so well that they are impacted for actually standing up they lose friends they lose avenues they lose connections mm-hmm. people turn their backs on them including their own family members like that's the part all the side that they don't talk about mm-hmm. that's real in whiteness like basically they will treat you like you a nigga oh you a nigga lover gone over there and even the people that won't tell you to your face you a nigga lover all of a sudden you ain't invited on vacations all of a sudden you ain't invited to functions all of a sudden you know you don't get the, the same invites that's their way of slowly saying oh i don't fuck with you because you made a stand yeah and that's also the beauty of this movie too is that they showed it was about the social hierarchy of white supremacy and being involved in it being part of something he kept emphasizing how he wasn't alone anymore after he joined the clan now i don't have to be alone and it's like like with most things people are always trying to solve or resolve something that's bigger than the fucking thing they're doing or talking about in most cases when you're talking about outlets like race and 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 harassment and shit like that even terrorism it's something else inside that gets you to that point and he was a, basically a fucking terrorist you know um like when they go to that house and shoot up the bottom floor because they the woman is supposedly dating a black dude so they shoot up her fucking house right you know um and and he's part of that like he didn't just go what y'all y'all shot up a house um and then i also liked how with him being ahead of the clan when people went rogue during the um during the negotiations and were harassing people he that he didn't want harass he didn't think they should have harassed the guy who owned the store right uh he was a vietnam veteran done two tours of duty he thought we're about respecting the working white man and if his decision is to employ negroes the or niggers as he kept saying um shout out to that another thing i like they didn't pull the punches with that um where he was basically like if you want to employ black people but then that's that's then fine because you have done your time and who the fuck am i i didn't do any time in the army to come tell you how to live your life that's fine and they still shut his business down uh with some back channel clam stuff um to try to intimidate him there was a woman they sexually threatened almost to rape essentially and they had a bat in their house uh to scare her into voting against uh the integration and it worked um that was another thing i liked they showed that it worked like normally you know the one dude was the veteran was like i believe in this so much fuck it i'm gonna say yes to integration and pay the consequences um he really truly believed in that inequality that woman whether she believed in it or not was in a situation where she lived by herself was intimidated was thought these motherfuckers gonna sexually assault or beat her or whatever and was like i'll just say whatever it takes to 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 change my vote so that i don't get targeted by these men you know and i love that that was two examples of white people turning on white people to get white people back in line with white supremacy as opposed to you know we put a cross in this black man's yard it was like no 
the real key to white supremacy is getting all the white people on the same page it's not like getting scaring black people out of doing shit is is kind of more difficult because black people already live in fear and when they decide to stand up they become fearless because it's like fuck you uh, what what you gonna take my life the right. fuck i care about that you burned and, our school what right. are we gonna do now you know like my kid has to go to school right and for some people and i understand they get to the point where they was like well if i die i die very few people get like that but you know it's clan people to go if i die i die and it's people that are on the activist side go if i die i die that's just part of the gig and once you meet those people those are the people that they feel the most because like i said they feel less they go i don't give a fuck about you threatening me i don't give a fuck because because you can't take anything else away from me that hadn't already been taken right uh what else did you like the two things to kind of piggyback on the two things that you mm-hmm. said go ahead jump on them pigs back <laughs> about uh i think her name was uh maddie hayes i like that character because that character was real like 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 that woman she was like a real character she was just a normal woman who go you know what i because in the meeting she would go it's nice to have people talking it's nice to see people mm-hmm. getting along maddie mays right and so in her mind you know it's a good thing and she liked the communication and shit like that but when she voted no you could tell in her mind she was like i would like for this to happen one day but just not right now well i don't i mean i think we were supposed to take that she won't she would have voted yes correct if she hadn't have been intimidated of i don't course. think so she said publicly i like for it to happen one day but not now because she wanted to show some support like i really do think this is the right thing to do but i don't want to get fucking beaten raped because i voted this way right and it also shows you how white women are are also a victim of white supremacy too because yes a lot of them are complicit please don't get me wrong but a lot of them are victims like everybody else in this thing called white supremacy because at the end of the day it's about white male white straight males egos and stroking them everybody else you 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 number two mm-hmm. and so i really do like the fact that they show like hey they harass her into quote-unquote being complicit when she actually wouldn't have wanted to and the thing is uh and put that shit together when she was like i don't want to vote it was like she was like the fuck did you do she confronted him going this is some bullshit and that was the other thing everything that the clan does no matter if he if it happened behind his back or not it comes to your doorstep you're the head you can't take all the pride and the honor and the brotherhood and camaraderie and and all that shit and then turn around and be like but i'm not down with the terrorism and the white supremacy and shit you were pulling the trigger on the shotgun to start the movie dude you were part of it too so it didn't matter if he like i love that they didn't give him an out of him being like well i didn't say anything to do that he had to eat that shit and the only thing he really could have done was to vote um to vote for integration honestly correct and the dude that was i don't remember his character name that was the owner of that place yeah um basically it was a place his dad had had and he served in the war which means he was forced to be around people unlike him and he was like you trust them he was like the only other person i trust more than my goddamn wife like what the fuck we talking that's why he's managing my store you know it was one of those things where uh cp never could imagine you having that close of a relationship with somebody brown yeah and that was lee trombley that was the one who uh owned the store and employed only black people yeah because this thing was like i will not back down and and i really do in my opinion 
and and, and it quote unquote may have been over the top and this dude really may have had a story where he did this i don't know mm-hmm. you know but i really do like the fact that he was like hey i see the injustices and i see the fucked up shit you know he probably saw what his friend had to do, had to deal with when they came back and how and probably how hard it was for him to fucking find a job right and you know they probably sat down and had conversations about race and the injustice and he was like you know what well then everybody i hire is gonna be black because i understand that y'all don't get a fair shake and this is kind of my way of quote unquote giving back and i think that he was quote unquote of the time a woke person because when they came in there he he was like on the sunday after blue work and, and you could tell he immediately was like oh y'all on some motherfucking bullshit yeah um a thing for me that i'll add that i really liked as well was um i, I talked about a little bit to start but the way that they tie white supremacy to white masculinity mm-hmm. it's a huge part of it it's why they want to sing dixie and remember the confederate flag fondly it's why there's been a revisionist history take talked about the civil war is to allow white men a manhood a masculinity that goes unchecked and unchallenged as the you know as as still the good white knights the the people that you know stoked themselves in the imagery of the being fathers and whatever because after the civil war that was such an ass kicking and down south all those losers became less than men they were the north whooped your ass you tried to uh secede from the country you got bitched and then put they put black and white people in charge of the government for eight years um before they basically relented because all those poor sad white men and then after that you know the, i think it was the sisters of the confederacy or mm-hmm. daughters of the confederacy they were huge in the resurgence of the dixie and all that stuff right and they decide they figured out look we have husbands that ain't worth a dot damn now we have sons that have no pride we have to reinstill white pride in people and that goes into this clan shit that goes into the resurgence of um in the civil rights era all of a sudden the confederate flag is back all of a sudden clan is back all of a sudden um you know like more overt uh symbolism of white supremacy uh is back and the fact that he tied it to his own lack of like masculine interaction and his own fragile masculinity he talked about he was raised in a house where you weren't supposed to cry he cried when he joined the clan because he was so moved to never be alone again um and then he you know the ultimate conceit being uh in the pivotal moment where he votes for um the uh integration is that the realization that all the shit that they preached about helping people well that's what the fuck everybody was doing around him they were actually helping people and he was like we're only helping white people and some of these motherfuckers have helped me they've helped y'all they've helped people that they don't have to help these are the real religious tenets these are the real brotherhood and all the shit that we've been teaching don't leave anyone behind and our whole goal is to leave black people behind and you know these niggers uh you know gotta eat too or whatever like these niggers deserve to read they're people too right and so he uh had that moment and 
it's very difficult to deliver that moment in a cynical 2019 for people i think Mm -hmm. and it worked on me i was like Mm -hmm. i was like that's that was a good speech it felt more real it didn't feel like an epiphany but then he like walks off happily ever after and everyone understands that racism is wrong it felt like he just was like i can't go through with this i can't look at the conditions these kids schools are in where there's like ash and soot in the classrooms and then i'm sitting up here going you know this is fine he couldn't do it right and on the last day of the charrette they basically was like hey the thing that we're voting on y'all i'm gonna have y'all see this so that y'all can understand and he was basically talking to them and you know they was like yeah with the split school the kids are only getting literally three hours of school yeah i also think he was afraid and a lot of racist people are just afraid in this specific way they're afraid to be close to us and to people in a group that you know privileged people are scared afraid to be in a group of marginalized people because then the charade of the their superiority and the charade of their racism comes falling apart upon examination it's like this person's smarter than me in math this person you know his kid was getting an f in math the other one was um um he had like a mental disability or something Mm -hmm. like that and so all this inferiority superiority shit was bullshit he was poor you know like he wasn't any better than some black person he just had built all this in his mind that you know it was the last vestiges of white masculinity he could hold on to was white racism right and the people that actually had the money were the people actually pulling the strings and telling his ass what to do those were like the judges and like the upper the governors and the senate like those were the people that actually were with the money and that's the part of white supremacy that's the big trick they're tricking you into into the point of hey we all in this together y'all are not really because like the wife was like what the fuck are they doing for you and when he couldn't win they rigged it so for all this white supremacy white people coming together we it'll be okay we can protect whiteness why couldn't you because at the end of the day y'all had to rig the vote because y'all were scared y'all were gonna lose because you knew you would lose in a fair fight um because that's the thing and it's one of the one of the reasons that i back away from a lot of um or like a lot of the quote-unquote activism we see today that's really about just hating white people um and grouping them together and making it like black people versus white people sometimes i have to back away because there are different grades of white people Mm -hmm. and this is not to say that uh there's this blameless innocent no it's just to say that there's some white people you can fucking work with and there's some you can't correct and if if we just had the pure numbers like in america during the election last uh, two years ago uh hillary clinton won about two million votes or some shit like that because a coalition of people coming together for a cause or different causes that are more liberal will always have more people because you're you're trying to serve more people so you will have more people who work together um and that's really what white supremacy tries to avoid and that's why you rig the table that's why you hey we can't have electoral college redlining uh, redlining mm-hmm. uh redistricting uh of uh, voter suppression they're mm-hmm. trying to do everything to keep those people from coming together and uh that was to me was a big thing like is trombley uh necessarily a hero in that way or is he just a dude that did the right thing he realized hey this black dude is a good person i'm gonna employ him at my store um this is bullshit isn't you know i'm still making money i'm still working this is like it's not just i'm employing this dude just off the street like i'm employing him because i think he's a good person and will 
be a good worker um you know that maze woman she folded at the end but under threat you know but i understood under duress, right i understood why she folded but they would have won if not for that um so i felt like this is a movie that showed that in order for good to triumph you need people that are willing to to t- step into the fire with you and take the consequences of the majority you're gonna need that and um you also need um people to uh to rig it in order for evil to win many times like it has to be a rigged system so i don't know i felt like they got to all that yeah and also uh one more thing uh i also like the fact that his second in command was picking up like hey they're influencing you more than you know like right. i can see it like you photo right. ops and his thing was like in his mind he didn't see it and he was like the fu- i didn't have a choice but to take that fucking picture right my wife does her own thing i cannot control her right and so i think also the manipulation of they had a secret meeting and all of a sudden he gets a promotion but then i was like oh that's the way because they understand that as long as we keep you where you're constantly getting this promotion it's almost like we got to we want to we want to confirm the fact that you're not turning on us so we're going to quote unquote have the 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 state representative whatever come down for this big award thing for you because we we want you to know that we quote unquote are here for you brother mm-hmm. yeah it was it was it was really well done um I'm trying to think what else um oh and then also lastly i really appreciated their um dedication to the time that the movie was in because um ain't nobody had no ac like Mm-mm. everybody was sweating in every scene and that's how it was in 1971 like it was not too comfortable up in there for anybody um so i appreciated that um they stayed sweating was there anything you didn't like Mm-mm. all right uh i have a couple things i would like to highlight that i felt was kind of like uh um so obviously this movie we're we're talking about a white man that kind of turned it around right mm-hmm. who came from the depths of the clan to turn it around but i did find it funny that he was shocked people saw him as a monster and shocked that people were like you know like nigga you are of the clan the black kids that you call niggers and say that you don't give a fuck where they go to school are not gonna be sitting around happy about when you come visit they're gonna be like that's the clan man stay away from him you know um and that and i love that because white people have this veneer of civility that they can share amongst each other i can think niggers are niggers and you can think niggers are black people and they're good people citizens of america and we're both white and so when i introduce my child to you they're not scared of you but when i'm black there's no veneer i can't pretend that you're not a threat to my child's existential like to their existence so i love that i love that um but i thought his shock at it was kind of like them trying to play it up for like because he was such a good like he was a good man he didn't think that these were bad things and i'm like nah he shot up a woman's house to start the movie there is no i didn't think this was bad okay like so i didn't like that part uh it did feel a little i do I, as with all these movies i will always wonder if they took some liberties from the real story agreed uh it's always gonna be in the back of my mind because it's not a documentary it's a movie mm-hmm. and uh they kind of you know you can cherry pick things and you don't you want to make the people look good um 
uh despite the fact that i really appreciate you know them going fully there with the n-word and all that shit but Mm -hmm. that was the thing then the last thing is and this is kind of like uh oh i I forgot to mention a positive thing i did like how the actors they cast and stuff was just different body shape sizes skin color all that stuff that was dope but and this is just a hard thing in hollywood i don't know if it's just we needed to roger p henson in here to get this story made and it wasn't gonna happen if we would have cast somebody else but it was like taraji in the like fat suit yeah like it just was kind of weird to me yeah because she was just just unproportionately heavy chested yeah it just it just felt like they they're like we're definitely not making cookie line put on 50 pounds to do this role Mm -mm. and that's out of question so we'll just put on like you know uh, a clump suit on her and then just have her kind of act like the woman um and that's what it takes to get it made that's what it takes to get the movie made i don't know who produced it and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm and it's i'm glad that it was made rather than not made but it felt kind of like a weird um like i said it just felt kind of weird that they never really um yeah like we couldn't actually got a and i'm trying to find an actual heavier actress to play the role like why couldn't um octavia spencer play this or uh, or ma what city bay uh, yeah Gab- yeah well uh, yeah she might not be old enough but fuck it they but, put makeup on taraji why not her mm-hmm. but yeah it just felt like this was probably a role that someone else could have gotten but like once again i don't know the dynamics of Go what ahead. happens behind the scenes easy to say shit like that when i don't gotta cast a movie all right and whatever but uh i don't know it's interesting that they went with with taraji here um who does a great job but still you know uh it just i don't know it's just like in that out in those outfits and stuff the whole movie you're kind of like what uh so that's it zero to five i will give this a four i i enjoyed it everything was really good you're not going to get something where you know it's a cheer jerker oscar worthy stand up and clap type of movie Mm -hmm. but it is very enjoyable it serves its purpose now if it's accurate or not that's a whole different story we're like we ain't gonna talk about that part you know they wrote books and all that stuff i have not read any of that this is just me it being introduced for me to the first time for the first time so me going strictly based off what i've seen off of the movie i will give it a four yeah i'm sure the shadow and act will be giving us uh 27 the best of enemies why this is wrong um and it'll win an award because they're gonna drag it and yeah um so i'm I'm sure that they'll i'll look that up after we do the review but i'm I'm of the same mindset i give it like about a three and a half four um you know i think it's worthwhile most people probably catch this on tv if they watch it at all Mm -hmm. um unless i see a documentary or something that you know about this then this is uh to me a really good depiction of racism um white supremacy white masculinity and how it all goes together um and these are the kind of stories i actually do want to see on screen mm-hmm. because i didn't know enough about this, this happened in my own state same and i didn't know that much about it and now I'm, I'm more curious and thanks to to them so all right let's get into the comments we got a couple um from us uh from saying agony on us jordan peele is an astounding two for two start out to directing uh he's on some ryan coogler type shit it's a different movie from get out and and is able to be its own thing lupita nyong'o gives possibly one of the best dual performances i've ever seen the difference 
characteristics between adelaide and red are very significant having seen it for a second time it was quite impressive of her to give both characters the depth that she gave them wonderful job winston duke was really good here as well big shout outs to shadia wright joseph and evan alex alex with their dual performances that must be the kids Mm -hmm. while not up there with lapita those two young actors did a great job with their certain characterizations it looks great the actors look great and honestly a film that you could uh you have to watch twice to hook up uh to hook up the story i guess get the hook of the story it's not as deep as people made it out to be but it's also an interesting study of the merits of humanity at least i thought so uh correction the movie is deep so i misspoke on that end i guess what i mean meant is that it's not this wokey woke type of deep it was t- deep regarding the perception of red and adelaide how the tethering works and the characteristics that i mentioned in first response oh i completely agree with you by the mm-hmm. way that's why i was just talking to chris lambert on his podcast i think it's out the mundane festival you can listen to me on there but i was just talking about us then where i was like this is a deep movie it's just not deep and then trying to translate into some other shit it's deep on its own there's a lot going on here i hope people let it be that mm-hmm. we got one comment on shazam brooklyn shubay says i was pleasantly surprised at how much i enjoyed shazam I thought it was a really good movie and not good for a DC movie or good for a superhero movie. I really liked the twist at the end when all his brothers and sisters became heroes as well and I was really shocked by the Superman tease at the end. It's too late for DC to change the course in building the, oh is it too late for DC to change the course in building their universe? Come on. Actually I don't want Shazam to be part of these stories. I enjoy Shazam universe not being as bleak as the other DCEU movies. Yeah it would be weird to add Shazam now in such a dark universe yeah i think it needs to, um it's almost one of those things where i'm not trying to make fun it's almost like deadpool protected at all costs mm. keep it in its own universe do l- allow whoever made this first one to continue to do seven realms whatever the fuck we get ready to go to because this was one of the first movies that ended where i was like fuck yes let's see where we go from here and like deadpool it might be actually hard to make a sequel correct because a lot of people were disappointed by deadpool too mm. i mean i enjoyed it but a lot of people were let down like this ain't as good as the first one his movie should stand alone with only knowledge that he is just another superhero in a world full of them i love seeing the grown-up version of uh of all the marvels i'm glad to know that actors i like are attached to a possible franchise especially megan good also how awesome was the racial gender and physical diversity in this movie i really enjoyed shazam and i'm intrigued by the joker trailer damn it dc you done sucked me in yeah i i'm i can't front that joker trailer looked terrible, terrible to me same p.s i liked all the wink wink dc product placement and those seven uh statue statues were creepy as fuck thanks brooklyn shoe babe i'm glad you enjoyed it because we enjoyed it as well mm-hmm. all right that's it for today's uh sport movie review thank you so much we'll be back when we review another movie soon until then get your act together peace peace <laughs>